Hi, my friends, and welcome into this week's episode of Forte Catholic. One of our guest co-hosts is back, Mr. Christopher Bartlett. Uh, came on very short notice to record this week's episode, and we had a very good time. Uh, we talk a little bit uh, kind of uh, unplanned about uh, some of our frustrations whenever we travel to speak. And then I, um, I, I might have a new talk that I'll be giving um, about Mary. There may, there's just something about Mary that's been percolating in my brain that I wanted to share with him to see if I should be giving this talk or not, because I don't think I've ever really given a Mary talk before. Uh, and then we play, um, what do we call it? Freestyle preaching where Chris and I go back and forth. It's, I can't believe we haven't played this game before. Uh, we give, we take turns giving 60 second sermons, but the twist is we give each other three random words that we have to work in to the sermon or the message. And then finally, in the, in the last segment, we talk about uh, nostalgia, both for like our childhood and some of our childhood TV shows, but then also about nostalgia and the spiritual life and how it actually can work as a benefit for us. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. If you do, please hit subscribe wherever you're listening on podcasts, or especially if you're watching on youtube.com slash Forte Catholic, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, hit the like, hit all the things. We appreciate it. Enjoy today's show. Hello there. And welcome Hello. to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. That is Christopher Leandro Bartlett. Hello, Christopher. How are you, Taylor? I'm doing great. It's good to have you back. You have been uh, guest co-host multiple times, and you've also been accidental co-host. Like, remember that time we were on retreat together, and like I didn't trust any of those other guys to be my co-host. Like they could be guests, but they couldn't be co-hosts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was it was outstanding. Do you have another one coming up? We do. We have one coming up in October. You okay, just, how would how would people sign up? <laughs> you just you just winked at me like <laughs> we're doing a promo thirty seconds into the show. You're like you're <laughs> winking at me like you're helping me, and you just I'm, brought the show to a complete and utter stop. <laughs> Standstill. Yes, I've been a co-host actually more in the last fourteen no, months. Now I'm mad. Than, You've listened no, to the show for years. You, there's going to be a commercial about in eighteen minutes. What do you want from me, Chris? You're not being helpful. <laughs> I'm trying to be helpful. Listen, I've been a co-host more in the last fourteen months than Liv Harrison. I need my own little shadowy silhouette on one of your uh, one of your logos. But she only came back so that I didn't delete her shadowy silhouette. That was the deal. It was uh, 12 months, and if you don't come back, then I'm, you repla- I'm replacing you. And but 11 months and two weeks later, she showed back up. Three times in 14 months, I need a hashtag going from all of our fans and friends, Justice for Chris. Hashtag Justice for Chris. Hashtag NFP. <laughs> That's a good joke for you. Okay. Uh, there we if go. You, if you were paying attention. So uh, I have a question for you, Chris. Chris, uh, you know, you are uh, your speaker, your retreat leader. You've been working in youth ministry and now old people ministry for, for quite some time. And uh, you and I get to bond quite a bit over like the speaking engagements. Because a lot of the times we can't come on here and talk about how something went incredibly poorly because yes. this is public. But you and I play Rocket League on Xbox together. and That's very private. And we can talk about everything that we want to talk about. Yes. Who needs a psalm to lament when we have Rocket League? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And each other. I mean, we lament. I mean, you're one of my favorite people to lament with. I, it's I think, our love I think, language. <laughs> uh, just like Taylor Swift in Lamentations. So. If only we were that popular. I, I'm yes. like the 87th most popular Taylor today. In the world? I hope so. Uh, but 
What number of Chris's do you think I land on since my oh, name's so much more common? I, I am way higher on the list of Taylors than oh, you for are sure. on the list of Chris's. I'm, I'm at least five <laughs> digits in. Yeah. We're actually one person away from each other in popularity in all of the eight billion people, but I'm way higher on the list of Taylors. Percentage than you wise, are. we land yeah. around the same. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh but I was I, I've been traveling a little bit and doing some speaking, and I have a question for you about whenever you're brought in to speak. Do you prefer when like when the the retreat leader or the youth minister or the pastor or whoever's bringing you in do you prefer for them to like ask for like specifically what they want so there's the like, other there's one like, there's like a whatever the story. other one is whatever the other one is whatever okay. the other one is or you do exactly what you want that that's where you land i i love to speak passionately and so it's got to be a topic that i'm passionate about if they give me because i've received talk outlines like you could have a volunteer do this. You wrote the talk for me. Why bring me in just to have anyone say it? But if you want me to speak passionately, then let me speak from my heart. And if you say, hey, it'd be great if it could fit through this lens or that lens, wonderful. Um, but otherwise, I'm, I'm a better speaker when I'm on fire. Okay, so here's, uh, we are a little bit different then because I I agree with you that I don't like like the entire script being out. Like I've been handed an entire script before and it's the reaction has either been that was incredible or that was not what we wanted at all. And I, I've gotten I've gotten both of those. Right. OK. I, but what drives me crazy is when people give me no outline at all and they're like, do whatever you're passionate about. And then they're disappointed because it's not what they wanted. Like they're not necessarily disappointed in me or my presentation. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. But they're like, that's not what we asked you to come here to do i'm like well you didn't ask me to like there was no there's no guidance whatsoever right so i was just kind of in this uh position at one, at one point this summer of like i like i want you to be happy because i am confident enough in like my skills and my abilities and like a lot of times it's like it's a stand-up comedian like works on their act and they like perfect it over time, right? Sure. It's like there are things like you said that I am passionate about, but also the things that I'm passionate about don't change that often. So it's like I've worked out these like these talks. Like there, there's a good joke here that works. There's a there's a there's a the prescient moment. Like I've worked these things out where I know that they work. And then I look at everybody in the congregation, and for the most part, like I'm I'm fairly captivating. Whether it's good or not is a, is a whole other thing. But like, I'm really hard to look away from. You know, it's so like if I'm speaking to a group of a hundred high schoolers, which I did this summer. I mean, like eighty five percent of them are in. You know, which is like a good percentage because most an people insane talk about percentage. It. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> and, excellent. But like, I'll I'll get feedback. It's like that's not what we wanted. I'm like, well, the talk wasn't for you. It was for the high school kids. They liked it. Why? So I've like. Not been, we've talked before about not being invited back to places or like, sure. I, I don't like disappointing people. Even when I'm like, I, like I disappointed the leaders, but it was like, I know it was good, but yet I probably won't get invited back because the kids don't invite me back. What's your pre-talk look like? I mean, in regards to that, like when I meet with someone, I'm like, tell me about the audience. Tell me about your desired outcome. So it's not like I'm just going to talk about what I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about passionately what can meet the needs of the audience. But like, what are some, what are some questions that you always make sure to ask before you even start working on your talks? And that's essentially where, where this came down to is like, I, I flew to this place and had no idea what they wanted. So the entire drive from the airport to the location was me grilling this like 
25 year old girl about like yeah. what is this place what do y'all do no one's told me anything like are you catholic <laughs> <laughs> but like essentially it's a bunch of super catholics and it's like so i got my answers i got my answers for like what like they wanted right yep and uh i kind of i i got the the feeling from most of these people, like I, I spoke to some college students and they loved it. And like the priests there really enjoyed it. Like, how do I know that? Because they were engaged and they came and told me after. Like, it's not I'm, I'm not making things up. Right. It's not just my pride. There's literal physical evidence that 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 that, that it went well. Right. Um, but then I went to to the high school kids and like I got some feedback that like maybe that's what what they were looking for. And then I went to the junior high kids and crushed it. So like, I don't understand. I don't understand. I was like. I, I was giving like almost no information and then crushed it for, you know, I gave six talks and five of them apparently went really, really well. And, and the kids and the adults were happy. But there was one adult that wasn't happy. And that's what I'm focusing on because I'm a yeah. broken person. <laughs> and, the, and they only told you once, but you've replayed it in your mind. How many times, Taylor? Oh, I mean, every day for a month. <laughs> Yeah, it's the worst. It drives Move me on. crazy. It drives me oh, crazy. Yeah. And it's like, I I like I still never really got what like the leaders wanted. Like the 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 person who helped me, the person who picked me up from the airport is like the most helpful person that I met this summer. Like yeah. she she was the person that introduced me to the, the to this place, to like kind of what has worked. I, like that's what I was asking. Like, what works in the past? Y'all have been doing this every day for years. Like, what's been what works, that sort of thing. And um so it was, it was just this kind of like, I've prepared this thing. I know that it works and it, it did, but not in for one area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, it was, it was kind of this thing, this realization of like, yes, like I am broken and there's a lot of people pleasing in there, but which is weird. Cause I feel like I did the thing that pleased the people and not the minutia of the people in charge. Right. right. Um, but there was also this thing of like just clarity in what you want and not over clarity, not writing the talk for me, not writing the talk for you, but also just like what, what I'm stepping into this thing. I don't know anything about what it's about. And here's the I'm, parameters. I'm you here. have freedom within these parameters. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's where I land. I prefer just a little bit of a, a direction. It, it's so it's it not just so that you can know you can serve them, but also so that you know that like your talk is going to be hitting a platform that lands. You went up there and you went to hit it out of the park and they were playing croquet. And you're like, oh, <laughs> this, this, this is a baseball analogy and I'm playing a different sport. Like I, I'm, I'm sunk. That's hard, man. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it was an interesting experience. I really enjoyed, like overall, I really enjoyed myself. It's a great group, great community. And like, ultimately, like I'm there to speak to the youth. So if the youth have a great time and like, get challenged to go closer to god great but that also means if i don't get invited back i just lost a lot of money for doing my job well which is weird yeah. like i didn't bob <laughs> yeah and, and, the, and the hardest thing is is what if the message that you have is hard to receive right like what if it's what the audience needed to hear but they were consumer catholics we're bringing in this guy we just wanted him to entertain us and you're like well god told me I need to share some fire and brimstone with you guys. And that's not that easy to hear. So, so you landed on what God wanted you to do, but they didn't have the, the warm and fuzzies as you were driving back to the airport. And therefore you failed 
in the eyes of the world, like consumer Catholicism as opposed to like transformative Catholicism. That might be the case for you. I don't think that's the case for me because <laughs> when I get brought in, I'm never erring on the side of too serious Christopher Bartlett. Okay. <laughs> it might have been too silly. That might have been. <laughs> sure. So it was not fire and brimstone. It was cake and ice cream. <laughs> this may come as a surprise to you, but I'm not known for how serious I am. <laughs> that's why I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's talk about a criticism neither of us have ever been given. <laughs> sure. Okay, so that was on my mind and uh, actually not even what we were planning to talk about. When you prep for a talk, where does most of it come from? If you say prayer, I'm going to punch you in the throat. Okay. Um, the, fir- the first piece of it is previous previous talks, right? And so typically I want to have a narrative or a story that kind of goes along with it that I can open with and then I can reference to at the end, right? And so maybe the theme of light comes in and I use light all the way through or something like that. So I want to find a couple of stories because um, I, I, can make, I can make 20 points in a talk. I can only ever make one or two well. So let's just make a couple of points. So you're going points. for quantity over quality. I appreciate no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> so let's just make those two points that I can make well and then build around the points. So I typically find a point and I build around it with a story, with a scripture, and then either with testimony or with a little bit of teaching. And then I move on to the next point and I do the same thing, right? And so that that's really kind of how I approach it. So the stories are really helpful when I'm like, what are some stories that would really help drive this point home? Because that narrative, I know this guy named Jesus and all he did is talk in parables. And I'm like, if it works for him, like his talk prep was like, look at the people, what's the story they could relate to, and then mention the word mercy at the oh end my and gosh. call it a he's, day. He's Brick from Anchorman. Brick, are you just picking things out of the room and saying you love them? And Jesus is just like walking around. He's like, there's a palm tree. Let's talk about palm trees. Here's some water. Let's talk about water. He's Brick from Anchorman. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so that, I, I tend to follow the, the old Brick style of... Uh, <laughs> Of, of teaching and preaching. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so funny. I'm sure you've seen the meme of like, you know, Paul saying, you know, imitate me like I imitate Jesus and Jesus is Aslan and Paul is like a pretty well-drawn lion and then you're like a lion drawn by a three-year-old. Like yep. that's what you and I are doing when it comes to <laughs> comes to uh, being speakers for the Jesus. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I think a lot of it does come from previous talks like like there's there's a lot of like sometimes people will be like hey i want you to talk about confession well i have a confession talk in here and then i'll just kind of literally tailor it to like what's going on in my life what's going on in like who am i speaking to that sort of thing stop winking at me i'm gonna punch you in the throat Um, taylor you dropped your name in there a little promotion i i I understand what i did chris (laughs) i have a brain i've done this before i I did show prep (laughs) Um, so uh but the reason i bring it up is because every now and then there's uh, new things that pop up, new topics that I'm like, I want to talk about this and I don't really have an avenue for it other than the podcast. Like, So the primary way that I do show prep or talk prep is simply living my life. Like yep. s- simply just going around and like, hey, this happened. You know, I saw a palm tree. Let's talk about that. You know, I, I simply just go around. I live my life and ridiculous things happen to me good things happen to me faithful things happen to me like i'm living the life of a catholic so catholic things happen to me but also parenting things and husband things and all sure. kind of right so um i do have the benefit of having a weekly podcast where i can talk about topics and kind of work them out <laughs> and then then go do them in and talk so i have two new things two one topic uh, you know me pretty well 
I I always say there's one topic in Catholicism that I know the least, and then there's one person in particular within that category that I don't talk about too much. Let's see if you know me well enough. Probably going to be um, role playing games, and I uh, know I have no idea. I, you're good with the Old Testament. Um, you, marriage. Throwing darts. What what do you got for me, Taylor? This is a a fun. We started the show talking about people not liking me, and now I'm just like, hey, what's what am I not good at, Chris? Let's do that. No, my my biggest my biggest flaw, like my biggest empty part of my brain when it comes to Catholicism, is the saints. You should know this. I've said before on this podcast that you listen to, um, the saints, right? So like, I don't talk a lot about saints in talks because it's not like. My strong suit. I, I learned this thing when I was in college that like my professor said that he, he was teaching us college level like scripture and like your scripture study on a college level. And he was like, I'm teaching you about 10 percent of what I know. He's like, I'm doing that on purpose because you wouldn't care if I taught you the 80th percentage because it's so minute. And like this one little detail that you as a 19 year old kid wouldn't care about. The 10 percent is what you would care about. Also, if you ask questions, I want to look smart. Like, I know the answers. Like, yeah. Yeah. he's like, there's, yep. no, there's no question that you could ask me that I either don't know the answer to or can't look it up by next class, you know. Um, so another topic that like i'm not super strong with probably because i had my conversion of heart in a protestant church is mary like the queen of the saints right so like whenever so i am comfortable enough to talk about mary i'm comfortable enough to like pray the angelus but i'm not like a rosary guy i'm not going to give the mary talk like whenever uh, we do our foundations course um like that you know jennifer savanoa and i Speak like she does the five talks that I'm not good at. Like, I'm not going to give the talk on like, you know, NFP because it's not my favorite thing in the world. I'm not going to give the talk on Mary because she has a better relationship with Mary than me. I'm going to be like, I could do it, but it would be like, here's the bullet points. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't wouldn't be as heartfelt as me talking about like Alexio Divina, connecting with scripture, these sorts of things, right? So, I have my strengths and I kind of, I, I tend to to go to them, but I was actually at a foundation session that Jennifer spoke on. She said one thing and then somebody in my small group said two things. And I'm like, I think I have to give a Mary talk now. <laughs> Let's hear it. So we're going to test it out and you're going to say, you're going to maybe help me write the talk or you're going to tell me, eh, just let Jennifer do that one. <laughs> okay, here we go. Mary. Uh, Jennifer was talking about Mary as a spiritual warrior. When you think spiritual warrior, like outside of the Godhead, I, I think most Catholics would say one person. Spiritual warrior is who? Aslan. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> that might be number two. M- maybe St. Michael the Archangel. Yes. He's literally hanging around my chest for spiritual warfare type things. St. Yeah. Michael the Archangel defend us in battle. He, he's the prince of the angels. He's leading, the, he's leading them into battle. Like We know this from Catholicism. We know this from the scriptures. Like He's the spiritual warfare person, right? Sure. Uh, but she was like emphasizing that Mary is a spiritual warrior and like queen of heaven, queen of the angels is one of her titles, which like, I don't think I had heard before. And like, because I'm more of a scripture person than a saints person, I always pictured Mary as the 14 ish year old girl who's like meek and humble and super sweet. And she's like, Oh, that's, you know, let it be done unto me according to thy word. And like, you know, foreign to me because it's not how I think or respond or act. Right. Um, 
But like I, I know, but you're 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 creating this just juxtaposition. How do you say that? Juxtaposition. Yeah. To where like is there a Marian version of Thanos that you're thinking of right now where you're like, yes, be it done unto me, you know, or something like that. Like what, how, where is the balance? Because there is something gentle about Mary, right? That there is, except for when it comes to demons. <laughs> she's, okay, continue stepping on. On, she's stepping on their head, right? Crushing, and this, crushing. Like, this, this was like the, this was the thing that was like kind of breaking in a good way, like opening my brain up to be like, I've always thought of her as this, like only this sweet, special, gentle girl, right? Yeah. Where like we we have, she's not God, she's not Jesus, but like I understand in Jesus that he was meek and humble and kind, but he was also being like you brood of vipers and defeating Satan. You know, like there, there's there is this juxtaposition in Jesus, and I think there can be this healthy juxtaposition in Mary, and I just never saw that side of her, like this side of like. Oh, maybe I should ask Mary for help when I'm having spiritual warfare. I never thought to do that before. Have you heard the song Gentlewoman? Gentlewoman. Yes. yes. And now now do that, but in slow motion on the screen, she's <laughs> crushing heads of demons. <laughs> she's singing it to Satan as Gentlewoman. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet light. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. Okay, good. So that opened it up for me, right? Um, the second thing about Mary, uh, there's just something about her, you know? The second thing that I heard that evening was in our small group. And it was this, we, we got pretty open in our small group that a lot of us, and I'm the youngest person in the room. Like there's a lot of us, that, a lot of me and people who have been Catholic for 40, 50 years, there were some in the room that very much connected with the rosary and said the rosary every day and all this kind of stuff. But there was a few people that I was actually surprised that were kind of like me that have tried the rosary and just was like, it's just not our favorite way to pray. Right. And there was this older guy and he was sharing that the same struggle that I've had with the rosary he's had for 50 years. He's a convert. So that's you know part of it. Right. Um, but he was saying that um, one day he was, kind of forcing himself to pray the rosary, meditating on the mysteries. And he was focusing on the um, Mary and Joseph losing the child Jesus in the temple, right? And you and I's brains work where that's a silly story. It's a very silly story. Like, how did you lose God for three days? Um, and, and it's a joyful mystery. Right. Isn't that, isn't that strange? <laughs> like, hey, they, they lost a kid. Like, I don't know if you've ever misplaced your phone, but adding joyful, you know. Well, so. it's the finding, not the losing. That's the joyful sure. part. Fair. Of but like, you know, we've connected to it as parents. Like, hey, I mean, they're the holy family, but I've never lost a kid. You know, like yeah. I, I'm doing pretty well. But he said something that it was it was so good and so poignant that I'm mad I didn't think of it first. You know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. It's like I'm the person that like goes around and speaks about scripture stuff, and he's looking at the scripture passage and seeing insights that I don't have, and it makes me angry. That's how my brain works. But he said that Mary losing Jesus for three days in the temple was her heart being prepared to lose him for three days about 20 years later. And I'm like, I have to write it. Like, that's one of the greatest lines I've ever heard. I wrote it yeah. down verbatim what he said. This is not my thoughts, but I think I have to write a Mary talk so that that can be the closing statement now. Yes. <laughs> it's incredible. Amazing. That's all you have? I, I, I give you the most mind-blowing thing I've heard in months, and you're just like, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> what, what, what do you want me to say? Yeah, that, that requires reflection, and the, the pain she felt in her heart during that time, right? is preparing that pain was preparation for i think a deeper pain right her her heart was pierced by a sword 
I mean, that that that's profound. Like Mary, in so many different ways. Uh, have you ever done any St. Louis de Montfort reading or anything like that? Like he, after everything I've said in this segment, do you think I've done anything? With no, Saint that's Louis what de I'm saying. Like he, he, <laughs> I have. I, I think my relationship with Mary might be a little bit different than your relationship with Mary because I pray the rosary uh, most days and things like that. You're also but a better person than me. This is not a surprise to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So, so long as we're on the same page here, um, yeah. But I, I, I think it's a profound reality to know that um, you look at the Old Testament; it all points to Jesus. But even Mary's life all pointed to key moments for Jesus. You know what I mean? Her immaculate conception, all these different pieces pointed it was preparation for. But I never really think about like, oh, it was also preparation for the most difficult moment in her life, and that was losing her son. Like that's. That that kind of makes the sucky stuff that happens in my own life be like, well, maybe just maybe there's a greater, a greater, a greater yes that's going to come of this. So, yeah, the um, the the holy side of me looks at this story and, and it's like picturing her on Holy Saturday, which is like everybody knows this is like one of the, the second saddest day of the year because it's the day before is the saddest. And it's like the 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 serious side of me is like i wonder if she remembered like if she thought about losing her son for three days i wonder if she thought about it right and then the silly side of me is like i wonder if she went to the temple to like see if he was there again you know <laughs> I, I tried this once and it seemed to work out <laughs> but, but just put yourself in mary's shoes for just a minute right and I don't think uh they fit okay but just for a moment you're you're you've lost your son and then Saturday comes along and everyone else is just like getting Easter eggs ready and hiding stuff and putting candy in little plastic eggs and all, all that stuff. Like they're doing all the things and you're still missing your son. And then you're like, OK, and now you get to go to the mass where you get to encounter your son again. But it's a three and a half hour long mass and you don't get to encounter your son until about two hours and 55 <laughs> minutes in. So I just want to say that. If you've been to a long liturgy, you're not the only one that feels tortured. Mary sits with you. <laughs> and to be fair, like us as Catholics, we really shrink that three days. I mean, he dies Friday at 3 p.m. and we have him rising on Saturday at 6, 6 p.m. in some places. So, exactly. Know. Exactly. It, hopefully yeah. she goes to that parish. She's like, oh, there he is. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't bad at all. But um, the last thing, what did they find him doing in the temple? They found him listening and asking questions. So when Jesus seems gone and all seems lost like it did for Mary, that seems to be a good idea for what we should do too. That, that I have the close for my Mary talk. I don't know if I have the entire book. So do you think the close is worth writing an entire talk or should I just let Jennifer do it? Let somebody else who knows Mary better do the Mary talk. I mean, you're not going to increase your RBI until you take a few more swings. So I say you take a swing for it, Taylor, because, um, Jennifer's perspective has been shared with that community. Maybe, just maybe, you should be found in that temple sharing your perspective as well. You should wink because you said found after you said I should give a, ta a talk at foundations. Wink at me again. It's time for commercial. Wink. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> hey, guys. My name's Chris, and I went on one of Taylor's retreats. And it changed my life. The amount of fellowship and fun that we experienced was outstanding. You know what? He's got another retreat coming up. It's going to be out in that same spot in the middle of nowhere, Louisiana. And it is a blast. It is beautiful. It's serene. But most importantly, uh, it's powerful. It's not your typical retreat where you're going to sit and read and pray and read and pray. You're going to be able to process with other men, men just like you. Now, for the most part, these things are intentionally small. So if you haven't had a chance to join these retreats, go ahead and sign up now because it's filling up fast. Forte Catholic. 
Dot-com slash retreats. That was really good. Uh, October 26th through 29th. It's the day after my 34th birthday. So we, we might have a little birthday celebration for yours truly there as well. It's at Hackberry, Louisiana. You can sign up for Catholic.com slash retreats. There's also a women's one, September 28th through October 1st. Chris, very good job. I like that. Hopefully it works. Catholic.com slash retreat. <laughs> retreats. <laughs> Multiple. Retreat. <laughs> Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Christopher Donatello Bartlett. And we're going to play a game that I I cannot believe you and I have not played before. This is a game that essentially was built for me to be able to win. And I finally brought someone that I think can actually challenge me. Like, we all know Father Anthony can't hang with me when it comes to preaching. We all know that Liv can't. We know that Allison's better if it's previously written out, but she can't hang on the fly, you know? Like, so, and to be fair, I haven't heard Catherine give a lot of talks. I know people pay her a lot of money to go speak, but no one's invited me. She's speaking in way fancier places than what I'm allowed to be in. So, uh, you'd have to buy new clothes if you got invited (laughs) to speak at those places. Any clothes. Like I'm, I'm wearing a shirt that uh, I don't think I'd be allowed to wear if I went to anywhere with sure. Catherine. So um, we're going to play freestyle preaching. And how this game works, if you haven't heard it before, is uh, we are each going to give each other a set of three random words, three completely random words. No, you know, it's, it's like, who signs it anyway? Everything here is made up. The points don't matter. And no one here was prepped for this. We joked about me being the only person that ever does show prep, but even I did not do show prep for this segment. So. Um, we're going to give each other three words and the, like, I'm going to give Chris three words. He's going to have 60 seconds to try to give a real heartfelt, meaningful sermon with the caveat that he has to use the three random words that I give. So you're not trying to be silly. You're trying to give like, you know, you come up, you're the MC at a youth night. I just gave the talk and you're coming up and you're trying to give a 60 second, you know, little, little, um, little zinger to leave the people with. Does this premise make sense to you, Christopher? Preach. All right, here we go. Would you like to preach first, or would you like to me to show you how it's done? Um, let, let, let's let's see the master at work. So go okay. ahead and show us how it's done. Okay, so give me three words, my friend. Your three words are duct tape, Taylor Swift, and barbershop. All right, here we go. So a lot of you know that Taylor Swift has been on uh, this this big eras tour, right? And she's re-releasing a lot of her songs because she had some bad luck with the previous the previous songs, right? She tried to do some other things, but it was just kind of like like duct tape. It wasn't a permanent solution. So uh, a lot of times we can find ourselves in, where we, we have made mistakes in the past, or other people have hurt us in the past, and we try to put duct tape over it. We try to cover it up with like I- I- entertainment. We try to you know play video games or or, or go to the movies or sex and drugs and alcohol, right? We try to fill our lives with this duct tape of things that we think are going to fix our life, but there is a more permanent solution, and that's returning to the Lord, especially going to the sacrament of confession and being like, hey, either I made these mistakes or someone else hurt me, and I want to be rejoined to the Lord with more than just duct tape, a permanent solution. Just like, like I don't have to go to the barbershop anymore. There's a permanent solution for my hair. I just, it, it's, it's all gone. I just shave my head off, right? So if you're, if you're stuck in a cycle where you're just using duct tape solutions, I encourage you to return to the Lord, return to the Mass, and return to confession. Amen. Bravo. Well done on the barbershop piece. That that really was a, that landed the ship. It was the so. only place I knew where I was going from the moment you said barbershop. I'm like, that, I don't that, was, that. A, that was outstanding. <laughs> I, I was wondering how you're going to work that one in. So well done, Taylor. 
All right, uh, Chris, your three words are going to be Rocket League. You and I both enjoy that game. It's going to be fatherhood, and we're going to do cotton candy. I, I, I feel I, Usually I give new players some easy words. I gave you two that I think you can work in pretty well, and then one. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, on your mark, get set, go. I'm a very excitable guy. I mean, you should see me when I'm playing Rocket League. If I beat someone, and my son's in the room too, and so he'll be screaming, oh, dad, amazing. It doesn't happen very often because I'm a mediocre player at Rocket League. I played a few games last night, and I just I just lost, right? So what I needed was something that would, uh, would kind of bring me up a little bit, kind of keep me going. And when we get exhausted in our faith, I think Jesus can sometimes be that person. Actually, prayer is a better way to talk about it because it connects us to Jesus. But I want your prayer um, not just to be fluffy like cotton candy, but like to be sticky. You know, when you eat cotton candy, it just kind of sticks to your hand. I want prayer to still be with you even when you're done praying, because that's going to connect us every day and every moment to the fatherhood of, uh, of our Heavenly Father and allow us to journey as his child consistently. Unlike my Rocket League play, God desires us to have a consistent relationship with him in the highs and lows. That was really good. I was real worried with how you were going with that first line. Because do you, do you remember how you started, how you began this little sermon here? It's all, it's all behind me now, Taylor. It's, it's all behind me now. Uh, you, what did you say? Oh, man, I had it in my brain. So neither of us oh, remember. Oh, oh, no. You said, uh, you know, I'm a pretty excitable person. So last night, and I thought you were going down the fatherhood angle, but oh, you went no. down the Rocket League angle. And I was Good. very excited that that's the direction you went. I, I like, literally Chris! played Rocket League last <laughs> night, and we lost five of the seven games. It was brutal. It was brutal. So. That's fun. My, my son's playing that now. We're connecting over good old Rocket League. Now. See, I was going to try and do that, the fatherhood Rocket League connection, but I was like, that's too easy. I'd knock all two, the, the easy two ones out right at the beginning. Okay, yeah, so. Okay. That was um, very good. That was very good. I, I think you and I, the reason we're good at this is because, one, we're good at preaching, and we're also good at BSing. Like, we've both bs through a lot of youth ministry stuff in the past, so I think that's why we're good at this. Somebody, I once was, like, giving a talk at a parish, and, like, I was I was the keynote speaker. I was giving a, ta- a talk in the morning and talk in the afternoon, and then they they walked up freaking out. They're like, uh, we were supposed to book somebody to give a five minute talk about the father and we didn't do it. Uh, can you do it? I'm like, sure. So I, that's where freestyle preaching was born. I gave a five minute talk about the father that had zero talk notes, zero prep. I just spoke from the heart. And I think I went pretty I love well. it. A similar situation. I was helping lead a confirmation day retreat or whatever. And the person who was leading it came up to me. His eyes were as big as dinner plates. And he's like, okay, so I used up all my material. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, I'm out. I got nothing else to say about confirmation, but we have one more session. Can you lead that session? I'm sure. No problem. Like, it wasn't a big deal. You know, Could you so. imagine running out of stuff to talk about? <laughs> no, like, is that even possible? I know I was confused. I'm like, what do you mean you used up all your material? So um, are you ready? I am ready. I'm ready for my three words, please. Okay. Your three words. Mechanic. Spaghetti. And bloody. And here's the, here's the trick. We're going to make it one level harder. This is round two. We're going to go Uh-oh. up a little bit. Um, your, uh, your audience is homeschool moms. Go. Homeschool moms. All right, ladies. I know that a lot of you are stuck at home, you know, 
and you're you're tired. You know, you're doing all the cooking, all the cleaning. You're you're wiping all the butts. Like you're doing so much stuff. And you know, s- some nights your, your husband comes home from work and he's like, "I want a steak," and you're like, "I can only do spaghetti tonight. Like I can I can put it in the pot, I can boil it, and that's about it, right? Uh, you know, like I, I, I'm gonna put a little bit of tomato sauce on it, uh, and and like you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do what I can with this situation, right? And you know, I know ladies sometimes like y- you do as much as you can with, with what you're doing. You're, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're doing what you can. And like your husband's at work, you take the car to, to the mechanic and you have no idea what's going on, right? You're, you're not sure what's going on in that situation, but hopefully you've gone to a person that you can trust. And like the irony with mechanics is like, they don't look like trustworthy people for the most part. They're dirty, they're bloody, they've got, they've got stuff all over their arms, right? But if you find somebody that you can trust, just like a mechanic you can trust, especially with something that you don't know anything about, then I think you've really found a gem. Like I myself, I'm a guy and I don't know a ton about car stuff. And I finally found a mechanic that I can trust. So I trust him with anything. If what he says is right, that I'm going to trust it. And that's essentially what a spiritual director is. Like, I know that you're very, very busy, but if you can meet with somebody and, and like, whether it's a priest or just a mom that's been there before, if you could take some time for yourself to meet with her once a month, it'll be like taking your car to that bloody mechanic that you have no idea what's going on. And you can tell your husband to make the spaghetti for one night and have a night for yourself where you can focus on, on growing as a Catholic, as a woman, as a mother. You earned a passing grade. Yeah, it wasn't my best. It wasn't my best. It was best. definitely freestyle talking for about the first 55 seconds, and then you landed the plane. So, you know like, who I, I'm I still- not? You know who I'm not used to talking to? <laughs> homeschool moms? Like, no, no homeschool mom wants to hear anything I have to say. That's what threw me off. I've never been given a caveat before. That was very well done. I'm elevating the game a little bit, which gives you permission to do the same, Taylor. So, all right. I'm going to make you speak to 85 year old people. So, you just have to yell the whole thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was thinking about it as I was giving my my little sermon thing. That's probably why yeah. I wasn't so good. I was like, how am I going to defeat Chris? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There we go. All right. All right. All right. Uh, now, if you want to, you live with a homeschool mom, so you could do that one. That one wouldn't be difficult for you. We no longer homeschool, but yes. At all? At, at all. <laughs> <laughs> Life itself is, we never stop learning. But no, all of our kids are going to a charter school or preschool, so. Oh man, I didn't realize you got so wealthy all of a sudden. <laughs> a charter school? You have like you mean, charter school kids. is free. <laughs> I have six kids so far. So far. Uh, well, you are a very excitable person. <laughs> Next page. Has- check. Hashtag NFP, NFP. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to give you three more words, and your words are going to be pterodactyl. I was just talking to my daughter about a pterodactyl. I don't know how to spell that. I'm trying to pterodactyl. Uh, pterodactyl uh, museum and um, oil change. We're sticking with the mechanic theme here. Sure. Here's the situation that you are in. I'm going to put you in a situation that I was in that I got put in before. Somebody invited me to speak to their seniors and it was like May 4th. So I thought it was 12th graders. It was 85 year olds. So okay, so it's senior yeah, citizen. It's legitimate. You, your situation is you thought you were giving this talk to teenagers, and now you have to change on the fly and give it to people on their way out. Excellent. On your mark, get set, go. Awesome. Hey guys, uh, my name's Chris. I've got I've got what? six kids. <laughs> now, now calm down. 
I want to hear about all your grandkids after this presentation. But for now, let me just tell you that my wife and I wanted to start with a theme for our kids' names. Uh, Philomena, Francesca, Faustina. There was a F sound. So everyone's like, is Philomena spelled with an F for Philomena? Actually, it's spelled with a P, kind of like pterodactyl. It doesn't sound like it starts with a P, but it actually does start with a P. So me and my kids, we were going along and we went to this museum. And they were looking, actually, it was pterodactyl. We went to a museum and we saw all these dinosaur bones and different things like that. And uh, and I was talking about the neat transformative power of uh, of how things work. Like everything has a purpose, right? You end up recycling and putting things back into the earth. And some of these dinosaur bones are the reason why we got here, kids. And they couldn't believe it. And I was like, no, because these bones can change into oil. So you can really see an oil change with these bones. I winked at them because they didn't hear me in the back. An oil change with these bones. And you guys, it's because why this matters to each of you. Some of you aren't sure why you're here. <laughs> and I, Taylor, just between you and me, it's not because of dementia. They're not sure why, <laughs> why, why they're here. Like some of you don't know why you're here, what your purpose is. I want to let you know that just like that oil change, those bones changing into oil, that earth kind of transforming things. There are different things that are at work in your life that are unseen. And that is the work of grace. Grace is happening in your life and it is impacting your world today, making your life better today. And you don't know what it is. It's helpful for us to increase our reservoirs to that grace by being open, by being grateful, by acknowledging it. And so next time that something good happens or next time you desire or need help in a certain area, know that there's an oil change going on inside of you, something that's transforming inside of you. And that is God's love and God's grace at work in you. Enjoy the next three years of your life. The last three years of your life. I, I hated that so much. <laughs> I hated it so much. You know, I, you, you I know, fumbled a little bit. I fumbled in the dark a little bit, but uh, I did my best. It was it was three minutes long. They only have three minutes left to live, and you just wasted it. Uh, you you know the moment you lost me. The, the moment, moment you lost. No, it was when you pronounced the second word I gave you. Museum. Yeah, that's not how you say that word, and you said it multiple times. And I I'm hate just, podcasts I, I, so much. Everyone always, all the time, I get crapped on for the way that I the, the way that I pronounce things because I pronounce them wrong. You, I, I'm the producer for your other podcast. I've the the problem isn't that you say words wrong, it's that you refuse to fix them. You're a grown adult. You're a grown adult. There are multiple things that you say that are wrong, and everyone points it out, and you're like, nah, everybody else is wrong. Just be glad I'm consistent. Say thank you for being consistent. No. Museum? How, how do you want me to say it? Museum. Museum? Museum. Museum. There you go! We fixed it. You, it was, you were a terrible preacher, but at least you showed some growth. I, I hated the oil change thing. I, I hated everything about that. But the, the only good thing for you is that it was only as bad as mine was. <laughs> so uh, we're going to do one more each. We're not going to give each other weird parameters because I think that's what broke us. It did, we're gonna try, for sure. We, we both knocked the first ones out of the park where I was like, I think Chris might be able to give me a run for my money. And then yep. uh, I felt like running away with my money because I didn't want to be around you. Um all right, here we go. Last one. I need three words, please, sir. We're, we're going to try to redeem ourselves, which we all know in Christianity always works. <laughs> okay. We're going to do a throwback. Lamp. Okay. And we're going to go with um, Thanos. And we're going to go with 
better than Ezra. Which, if you don't know, is a band. Oh, I know what it is, band. but it's not how I'm going to use it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. So as everybody, everybody here knows, I'm a big Star Wars Marvel nerd. Like, I love all this pop culture stuff. And uh, just this next week, like, literally at the day that this show comes out, uh, we're getting the Ahsoka series. And if anybody knows me well, Ahsoka is the love of my life. And I say that with my wife sitting next to me and she can hear me. She knows. This is not a surprise. I love Ahsoka so much. She was Anakin's Padawan. This this is like the most anticipated bit of uh, like content that I, I just I just can't wait to watch Ahsoka. And one of the things that I, I love about her and the ghost crew is that there's this there's this Can- this guy named Kanan who gave up his life to save his crew. Right. Like there's a sacrificial love element of the Star Wars Rebels, which Ahsoka is a part of. And, and like there's there's a um, her Padawan or uh, Kanan's Padawan is named Ezra. And like, honestly, there's nobody better than Ezra. I love Ezra so much. He's such an incredible Jedi. And like, they're fighting against these forces of evil, people like Thanos, but like, you know, he, he just snaps and, the, and half the world goes away. But every, the reason that we love like Thanos as a villain, the reason that we love Darth Vader is like a lot of times these villains had a point, right? So here we are, in, you know, a, as Catholics in the church. And like, sometimes the people that we disagree with in Catholicism have a point. We might still see them as a villain, but if we're going to become the heroes that God wants us to be, we're going to have to be able to see the point. So for example, if you see somebody saying like, oh, the the church hates gay people. Well, like, how are you interacting with gay people in your everyday life, right? Like the, the villains might have a point. They might not be right, but they might have a point. So, but if, if we're going to dive into these waters, uh, things might get murky. Things might get a little dark. So we need a lamp and the lamp for us is the scriptures. The light is the scriptures. If we're going to find find truth and uh, and respond to truth and live in the truth. We're going to be needing the scriptures so that we can go into dark places or murky places and bring the light and still come out with the light. Nobody better than Ezra. Amen. <laughs> so first of all, the better than Ezra reference was money. That was, that was excellent. Um, I've never heard the word Osoko until today. You didn't watch Mandalorian? I did not. That's where most people know her from. So like before Mandalorian, nobody knew who Ahsoka was. And now she's getting her own spinoff show from Mandalorian. Like, but I've, I've loved that woman since all the Clone Wars TV show and the Clone Wars TV show. You know, how everybody like hated the prequels. Yeah. Like, but the Clone Wars TV show happens for between episode two and episode three, like uh-huh. the attack of the clones that everybody hated. And then like a lot, one of the biggest drawbacks to episode three was like, what do you mean? Anakin just turned to the dark side. Well, this is like the years that pass in between those movies. And it shows Anakin slowly turning to the dark side and why. And then it was essentially like a good institution. It was actually their fault that he turned bad. Okay. Like, like they they made mistakes. Like admittedly, they made mistakes and they were blind and all this kind of stuff. So it's it's very fascinating. And then um she made her live action debut in Mandalorian a couple seasons ago, and now she's getting her own show. And honestly, it's all I can think about. I love that woman. But your your freestyle preaching in the 30 seconds you described that character, I was like, maybe I should get into Star Wars because it sounds amazing. So you I think you showcased you showcased that piece very so well. So I I like this I had to stop listening to a podcast this morning uh, and I, I listened to one Saturday and I listened to one today. It was like a two parter, like primer for Ahsoka, like what you need to know going into Ahsoka. And it's like, yeah. I know everything, but I'm just like, I just want to relive these experiences. Right. I, 
two and a half hour podcast on Saturday and like a two hour podcast today that I'm halfway through. I had to stop listening because I was crying just hearing these parts of these stories that she's been involved in. Like, yes, it's just like and, and I honestly, Chris, I've been trying to figure out why it's so meaningful to me why she's so meaningful to me and it's like i'm starting to to try and figure it out but like like there's there's like the moment with with canaan like he sacrificed his life to save his crew like that that makes sense why that connects with me because like i'm a protector like that's why it connects with but her being so special to me i'm still figuring it out i'm gonna be working it out over the next uh, six weeks or so as the show comes out awesome all right you're gonna close this out uh, I think I meandered a lot towards the beginning, but I think I ended up getting somewhere. So I agree. I, I, yeah, I, I, I right, we both crushed the first one. We both bombed the second one, and I, I was okay in this one. So if you're better than okay, if you're a little bit better than Taylor, <laughs> then uh, not better than Ezra, but better than Taylor. Yeah, yes. There you go. Okay. So your your words are speaking of better than Ezra. We're gonna go with concert. We're going to go with. Um, Ball cap or hat, however you want to use it. Ball cap, hat, you know, whatever. And we're going to go with um, um, hypostatic union. Concert, ball cap or hat, and hypostatic union. On your mark, get set, go. Awesome. A lot of us approach Jesus. A lot of us approach church, in fact, like it was some sort of a concert. We go there to experience entertainment. We complain about the music or the way people dress or the way that people don't dress. I mean, God forbid someone walks into church wearing a ball cap, right? And then all of a sudden we're completely derailed, completely distracted from what's actually taking place, the invitation to the hypostatic union, right? So I want us to really transform the way that we are approaching the liturgy, approaching church, approaching mass, because it's not just there for us to receive. Is there for us to engage, to participate. I want you guys next time you go to mass to get lost in mass, to get lost in it, get caught up in it. And sure, maybe the singing isn't your jam. Maybe you'd prefer to be at a better than Ezra concert, but <laughs> I want to let you know that, uh, that you can gift yourself because you are a part of the congregation, a part of the people that are bringing that voice, that joyful noise to the Lord. And, uh, and I don't want you just to think about what you're receiving, but also think about what you're being drawn into in that beautiful liturgy. So next time you go to mass, take off the hat and go on inside and become one with the Lord. I, I want to give you the victory, except I have one major question coming out of this talk. I'm, I'm putting myself in this church. We're about to go, go into adoration, I believe, is what we're okay. doing here at Youth Night. Like I felt where we were. I have one question, though, coming out of that. What's the hypostatic union, Mr. Youth Minister? <laughs> Jesus Christ is true God and true man. Our humanity is countering the divinity, just like in the hypostatic union. You knew that. You didn't share that. You said the word. I did, but you were giving a sermon, and I'm a congregant. Fair, fair, no yeah, so fair. It, it, assumed, it assumed too much on the listener's behalf. It, it, yeah. it did. You were, you were very, very inside baseball, inside Catholic there. I'm going to give you the victory, and here's why. I, I, th- I think your last talk was a little bit more engaging with the caveat that you missed the big theological point. Right. Um, but I'm going to give, I'm going to give you the overall victory though, because never once, not once in this game, Chris, I'm, I'm pretty truthful with myself. Not once as I have, I ever bombed as bad as I did in round two, not once. 
I've never bombed. I'm the king of this game, and I bombed because you threw in a caveat, and for that alone, I have to give you the victory. And I, you were in good company because I choked hard with them 80-year-old seniors. <laughs> like it was, it was brutal. In fact, I think we should just make that an extra reel on the website. That way that or on YouTube, that way people don't have to hear it if they want to go find it. Like they, they can see this bomb if they want to go elsewhere. But we just cut that segment out and reference it here. Uh, no, because that takes more editing and the show goes out tomorrow. So I don't All have right, that amount of time. Uh, we're going to have to live with the humility. And that's going to be uh, that's going to be our final lesson here for today. We hope that you enjoyed our freestyle preaching. At least uh, at least three and a half of our six were good. At least three and a half. So Preach. uh don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And Chris has something that he would like to share with the group. Our friends over at the Catholic Man Show have a message they'd like for you to hear today. They've partnered with the Catholic Customs Company, who built Sister Wilhelmina's Shrine. That sounds like one of Chris Bartlett's kids. Sister Wilhelmina for an epic giveaway. It is important to have a place to pray in your home. That's why they're giving away a free custom home altar by Catholic Customs Company to sanctify your home. This home altar is over $1,700 in value, and they'll also pay the shipping costs to get the altar to your home. The second place winner will also receive a five-volume hardback set of the Summa Theologica, which weighs approximately 18 billion pounds. Not a bad second-place prize. The giveaway, the giveaway ends on September 14th. You can enter the giveaway in 10 different ways. All you need to do is go to thecatholicmanshow.com slash home altar. That's thecatholicmanshow.com slash home altar. The link is in the description here of the show for your chance to win this beautiful home altar. Again, that is not Chris Bartlett's child, but sounds like it. Sister Wilhelmina's Shrine. You can win it. It's almost $2,000 in value, and you can win it for free. Again, go to thecatholicmanshow.com slash home altar for your chance to win this almost $2,000 worth of prizes. Welcome back to Florida Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, and that is Christopher. What's another name of a Ninja Turtle? Uh, Raphael. R- Christopher Raphael. I think that's Michael a real Angelo. Pr- I I think that's a Donatello. That, what's Father Anthony's middle name? I feel like it's Shredder. Raphael. Father Anthony. No, that's not it. Splinter. So, yeah, that's it. Father Anthony Splinter. <laughs> April. <laughs> I don't know who April is. Okay. April's you, a news reporter. How dare you? Are, that Does it have to do with the Ninja Turtles? She's the news reporter in Ninja Turtles. Yes. Okay, good. I thought you were just ra- naming random news reporters. I'm like, that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> All right. But uh, we are here in our final segment, and we've almost run out of time. So I know. Uh, you you wanted to talk to me about something, and I want to hear what it is. So, uh, Taylor, first of all, uh, you're a monster. Every time you have a co-host on, you always talk about how they're so much older than you and blah, 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 blah. And then something happened in my life the other day, and I was like, maybe this will show the audience how old Taylor actually is. So my uh, my wife was talking to the, the kids the other day and she was like, yeah, blah, 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 like the Care Bears did with their Care Bear stare. And my kids all looked at my wife like, what are you talking about? And my wife was like, no, this is a tragedy. She said those words. This is tragic. <laughs> this is a tragedy. <laughs> you don't know what a, the this Care Bear stare is. <laughs> and so And so she went on to explain how there was a show called Care Bears and they would have these little things on their chest and they would do the Care Bear stare whenever they needed to shine love or goodness or whatever on a situation to help fix it. And they, my wife and her friends in elementary school, 
would go around and when people were picking on people, her and her three friends would go up to them and give them the old Care Bear stare <laughs> and just go and try and shine goodness on them. Um, anyways, the point being this, Taylor, there is something from your childhood that your own children are not experiencing. And I want to know what it is. What is something from your own childhood that you're like, I really wish my kids would have been able to experience this because that ship has sailed. What is it? Yeah, I have the answer for you. But first, I'm going to, uh, I, I understand your premise of trying to show how old I am, uh, but I'm, I'm going to accept it partly. I am old enough to remember the Care Bears. I think I've actually talked about the Care Bears here on this fine little show before. Uh, but I'm not old enough to remember a Care Bear stare. I have no idea what that is. All I remember from the Care Bears is that they would approach problems and then shove their large bellies into it, which I totally understand. I shove my large bellies into other people's problems all the time. Uh, but I don't, I don't know what the stare has to do with it. The unified, the unified shoving of bellies where kind of that light would come out of their stomachs or whatever. That was the Care Bear stare. We're, we're remembering the same thing from a different angle. Uh, yeah, mine makes sense, though. Mine's exuding from the belly, and I don't stare with my belly. People might stare at my belly. I didn't I didn't make it up. I'm not the one who made it that. Don't don't come at me for the 1980s. Like, don't come at me for 83. I, I did. I did come at you from the 1980s, I, I, actually, with about two and a half months left. Nice. <laughs> of the 1980s. So I, ju- I just made it. Uh, I Can I be honest with you? Yeah. Uh, 30% of the time when somebody talks about, um, the body of Christ and how we're all given different gifts, I think of the Care Bears. Nice. Like people are giving it like a father's given a homily or somebody's given a talk and they're like, you know, we all with our powers combined. And I'm like, that's either Power Rangers, Transformers, or the Care Bears. Like or, they all have or different Captain gifts. Planet. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not that old. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Um, the thing that I think they're missing. Uh, I actually thought about this the other day because I was getting nostalgic for uh, for Astro World. Like my kids haven't really experienced um, a concert parks. at Astro World, an Astro World concert at Astro World with Travis Scott, where people got hurt. Is that what you're referencing? I was, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, no, I, I was there when it was an amusement park, not a <laughs> failed concert venue for no reason. I'm still so mad about Astro. They were like Astro World would make more money. Uh, as uh, the the land is worth more than the amusement park, and then they tore down Astroworld, and guess what they did with the land, Chris? Nothing. They did nothing. They tore down my childhood. It's been twenty years, and it's grassland. They couldn't sell prime real estate in downtown Houston. The idiots. Anyway, okay, that's my rant for the day. Um, I think they're missing amusement parks. Like we don't have the money to go to Disney. Like, I didn't have the money as a kid to go to Disney. I think we, we went. I know we went once. Did we go twice? Once for us. Like, like we, we we don't have the money to travel that far. Disney costs, uh, I think, a billion dollars per ticket. They're trying to make up for all the revenue that they're losing on Disney Plus for all the shows sucking. Hopefully, Ahsoka can save them. Right. Uh, but, like, it's so expensive, right? But we had Astroworld. We had, like, where you could buy a season pass for, like, $70, like a, a, a day admission was like $60. And they were like, or you could come all year for 70. And we're like, yep, okay. Yep. <laughs> so we went to Astroworld like crazy as kids. There's the water park. There was the, and then like the, like the big roller coasters. Right. Yeah. So, so I was just thinking about it the other day because we were uh, at our local pool and they have a, 
a slide, like, you know, like one of the big slides, like the, that take like th- 20, 30 seconds to go down. Right. And they're right. like, you must be this hall- tall to ride. And I'm like, I've never done this with my kids. And yeah. they actually went to a water park. They went to Splashtown the other day. Um, I was sick, so I didn't go. But like they went with like my my sister was taking them. My wife went with the kids and they had a blast. And it's like so it's like now my kids have experienced a water park, like a real fancy water park. Right. I still haven't experienced that with them. And I was a little sad because I was sick. But, you know, it is what it is. But they haven't experienced a roller coaster. And it's yeah. like it was a big part of me growing up to where like the year before they closed Astroworld was the year that I like was able to drive and me and my friends bought season passes and we would drive 45 minutes and we would just go to Astroworld. Just like two or three dudes, 16 years old, 15 years old. And we would go to Astroworld. We'd hang out for the day and then we'd come home and then they tore it down. And I'm so sad. So like, but just, just the shenanigans of standing in line for 30 minutes with right. other people, your age and being like, should I talk to that person? Or should I not? And just, I mean, the anticipation I mean, of the ride. One of my first ever makeout sessions was in that line, Christopher. Like I have memories at this place and they just tore it down. And there was like free gum everywhere. You just pick a piece <laughs> off of the railing gross. and you had so a piece. Gross. <laughs> so gross. Um, yeah, but I, I like the kids want to go to Disney. We don't have the money to take them to Disney. Right. Yeah. But like, I, I don't even know about like the closest amusement park, I guess, San Antonio. San Antonio. Right. Yeah. And even that it's like, you know, even that's kind of expensive. So anyway, that's, that's what's missing. And hopefully one day I will rectify it. Maybe next summer, if it's not also a billion degrees outside every day next summer. Because you know what I don't want to do when it's 112 degrees outside right now? Anything. Go to an amusement park. Hey, anything. Leave my house. I don't want to do yes. anything, right? Yes. Um, but it's funny that you bring up, uh, like, you know, nostalgia for your childhood, right? Because I've actually been, uh, like, I'm not a big, like, listen to praise and worship guy, but I have been recently. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, I don't know if it got so bad that I needed it or if I'm in a good place and I, therefore I started listening. I'm not really sure, which is also my probably part of the problem. But sure. there's been a song that I have listened to just about every day for about three weeks. I, I just found it. Like, and it's on the same album as a song that like anybody that's, you know, maybe the Catholics won't know, but like anybody that listens to like modern praise and worship, there was a song that came out like two ish years ago. Yeah. You are enough. I will be content in every circumstance. Like everybody's, everybody's heard that song, right? Everybody that's like knows modern praise and worship. If you go to a Latin mass, you've never heard that song ever in your life. And that's, that's perfectly fine. But, uh, so this is a song that is, that song's not new to me. I think I probably heard that like right when it came out. Like it was a big deal, right? On like, right. the Christian internet. Um, it's on an album called Old Church Basement. I'm typing it into my phone right now. It's on an album called Old Church Basement. And I was um, actually given talks at the place that we talked about earlier. And I was uh, in the shower and I was listening to praise and worship music on like, you know, like a worship playlist. So it's like a modern worship playlist. And I was like, for whatever reason, like I, I'm old, I like nostalgia. So typically I listen to stuff from when I was a kid, which typically means it's angry rap. So I didn't want to listen to that when I was in the shower at this church place, you know? Um, so I'm listening to like modern worship that way. If anybody walks into this communal, you know, shower place, I'm not, you know, blasting Jay-Z or Tupac or whatever. Yep, right. Yep. Um, and I heard this song, it was just completely on random and it's on, it's called old church basement. And it's by the same people that did gyra. It's uh, elevation worship Maverick city. And, and uh, is it Dante bow or is that the football player? Something bow. What's his name? I think Dante bow was a wide receiver for the Kansas city chiefs. And I'm he, not he, really may sure. have, he may or may not have caught <laughs> a pass anyway. for this song. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but here's how the song goes. And I, I, I honestly urge everybody to go listen to this song. Um, and if, if you haven't heard of uh, Maverick City or Elevation Worship, they're the two biggest the, things in modern praise and worship. And they did a yeah. song together. They did a song together. So it's very, very good. Um, but the Dante guy, he's singing this. And his voice is just so smooth, dude. It's one of those like... I wish I had a voice like this. It's so good. Um, but he's a big time singer. He he sings both Christian stuff and secular stuff. So he's like a big deal. And then Elevation Worship at Magic City are like the biggest deals within Christian yeah. music, right? Um, and then he comes up and sings like, I think this is the most like millennial nostalgic Christian song. Like, I feel like if I had talent, I could have written this song, right? Like I couldn't have written the song, but these, these could have been my words. Yeah, Does that totally. make sense? I could have said this. So, he said, I don't see anything wrong with the lights or stages because he's a person that's on stage a lot, lean worship and singing. And there's big lights and a lot of the things that like traditional Catholics would hate. Right. He's like, I don't actually see anything wrong with it, which I'm with him. Right. Like, I don't see anything wrong with these big lights and stages. I even love it when the crowd gets loud singing out God's praises. Right. So like some like the Steubenville conferences happen every summer. Like, you know, people are like people get mad every time on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called now. Like, oh, this isn't the Lord. And I'm like, Shut up. Like, I don't see anything wrong with the lights and stages. I had my conversion at a place with a lot of yep. lights and stages. And you know, when I had my conversion in the quiet moments with the 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 Eucharist. But you know, I, I would you know what I wouldn't have paid attention? To the quiet part of I didn't have the loud part. I was a 16-year-old kid that yep. needed the help, right? So I don't see anything wrong with the lights or stages. I even love it when the crowd gets loud singing out God's praises. But every now and then it can get a little complicated. So I remember when I was in that old church basement singing hallelujah. Um, so he's saying like, I don't see anything wrong with this, but every now and then it does get complicated every now and then somebody might make it about themselves every now and then somebody might make it about the lights and the music and not God. Like these things get complicated. Right. But he's like, I need to remember the old church basement where I was singing. Hallelujah is all I need. When I think of your goodness and your love for me, the joy of my salvation is coming back to me. It's an old hallelujah Mm. with a new melody. Right. This old hallelujah, this hallelujah that people have been singing for 2000 years. All this is is a new melody. That's all it is. And he's essentially saying, like he he talks about it in the second verse. I'm going to read the second verse and then we'll do our thoughts on it. Right. He says. um, So he's referencing the old church basement. We got together every Wednesday night, about 30 teenagers. My friend Josh bought a cheap guitar and barely knew how to play it. He wasn't putting on a show, wasn't well known, wasn't trying to be famous, but we sure touched heaven in that old church basement. I'm like tearing up, right? Because I've teared up multiple times listening to this song because this is my story. We didn't have a basement in Texas. We we don't don't have those. I lived 11 feet above sea level. If we had a basement, it would be sea level, right? So, um but this, I had my conversion in B-Wing at St. Michael's Church, and it was the crappiest little building you could possibly ever imagine, right? I ended up being a youth minister there years later. And, like, there have been multiple, like, heart conversions that have happened in that crappy room and that crappy building, and yet we had a crappy guitar and probably not the best worship leader. There were no lights. There was no sound. There was nothing fancy about that place. And yet, like, that's where, so you talked about nostalgia with your kids, right? Where, and, like, I'm nostalgic for all this stuff with Ahsoka. I've been crying a lot because of nostalgia stuff. And I'm hearing this song, and it's like, I don't mind the lights. Every now and then they can get complicated. But where did I have my conversion? Yes, at, at Steubenville that had the lights. But 
like it was also in that B wing, that old church basement, that old little room, that little room that didn't fit the 30 of us that were standing there. Like even the number, there was about 30 of us yeah. in that room every Wednesday night. Like this is literally yeah. my story and I'm tearing up. I'm glad I was in the shower because it didn't look like I was crying. Not that anybody was watching, you know, but I was like, oh, I can hide the tears because <laughs> I'm in the shower, you know? Um, but it was like, there was just something about like, you know, he, he like the nostalgia for like in, in Revelation, it says, return to your first love here in the song. How does he say it? He says, um, the joy of my salvation is coming back to me as he imagines himself, this great singer now who's popular and famous, remembering whenever he wasn't a worship leader and Josh did it and he had a bad guitar and probably wasn't a great worship leader. Like, dude, there, there's been nothing better for my faith than this song in the last year. Like it's really touched me. I grew up, uh, we call it the upper room. I actually, I don't know if that's what we called it, but it was a similar thing. And there were about 30 of us teenagers and we were just gathering and the youth minister opened it up. We found a guy that could play guitar and we would just spend an hour, an hour and a half on Wednesday nights as well. Wednesday nights, Taylor, the same night, you know, and, uh, and we were figuring out how to, how to pray. And it's, it's almost as if, um, he's talking about the lights and, and the stage like the NFL. And uh, and this song's about just the days when you fell in love with playing playing catch with your dad in the front yard. It's that dad is God the Father, and playing catch was just figuring out how to use your voice to worship him initially. And uh, and there's something powerful about looking backwards to our initial conversion because sometimes the lights and the sounds or the smells and the bells or wherever you're at spiritually, your origin story right, marvels into those. Your origin story still has intimacy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it still has grace, and it can still draw you back to the smell of that room where you first encountered love firsthand. And that's a powerful thing. Yeah, man, it, there, it's been special. Like it's been a special few weeks, like in my faith, just kind of returning to that B wing, returning to the old church basement, remembering like, Oh, like there was a time when things were more simple. Right. Yeah. Like, for me, it's not the lights and stages that make it complicated. It's like finances and being a dad and being a coach and being a, a podcast producer and being a speaker is like life is way more complicated than it was when I was 17 and in and, and wing. Right. It's way more complicated. But like the simple fact that like I have a relationship with Jesus and he loves yeah. me like that's that's from the old church basement. Right. And then like, dude, if the tears weren't already flowing. So this is all a song about nostalgia. Yeah. Right. And like returning to this time, right? And the main part of the chorus is an old hallelujah with, or with a yeah. new melody, right? So guess what he starts doing, Chris? He starts singing all the old songs that we sang 25 years ago in the B-Wing with a new melody. He starts singing words like, shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. It's an old hallelujah with a new melody. Um Whereas over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me. It's an old hallelujah and a new melody. Like he sings these three songs, uh, Amazing Grace. Like he sings these songs that like I connected with that were a big part of my initial conversion. And now he's literally singing those words with a new melody. I have goosebumps now. I've been trying not to tear up this whole segment. Like it was special, man. Like I don't again, like we talked about the Ahsoka thing. I don't know why I'm, I'm trying to figure out why. I'm so connected to her and I'm like figuring it out. But then there's something about this, like returning to the B wing and like my initial conversion that apparently I needed slash still need. Cause I haven't really figured out why it's like bringing me to tears, you know, like it's, but I like it and I'm still listening to it and still trying to figure it Taylor, out. Taylor for some people that old church basement was praying the rosary with grandma. 
So I want to challenge you to give that Mary talk um, because that that connects that connects <laughs> to some people's old church basement. And I want to challenge everyone who's listening to find out where your church basement is and uh, and to connect to that initial proclamation the Lord put on your heart that echoes still today because it's uh, it'll bring a grown man to to shower. I mean to tears. So there you go. <laughs> to tears. Yeah. Uh, don't don't keep your old memories of your faith in a museum. <laughs> Touche. Touche. <laughs> I'm Taylor Stroll. That's Christopher Bartlett. Will he be back before Liv is back? We will see. I'm Taylor Stroll. I'll be back next week. Chris will be back sometime. See ya. Thank you all for watching and listening today. I hope that you enjoyed today's show. We definitely had a blast recording it. Also, uh, if you want to listen to the song that I, that we talked about in the third segment there, I'm going to put the link to the Spotify song down in the description. Y'all go listen to it. Honestly, it's been really special to me. and I hope that you guys enjoy it. Let me know if you've heard it before. It's just new for me, even though it came out two years ago. I felt a little behind, but also ahead. So, you know, whatever. Uh, if you enjoyed today's show, hit subscribe. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Love you.